Today is our last Sunday morning message as part of our family month focus, our family month emphasis. And my hope, my desire is that God has used it and that he will continue to use it to make an impact in our homes. For the last three weeks, I've said that we need a movement of God today in our homes. I believe you look around today, that's what our nation needs. I believe you look at the church today, that's what our churches need. And I believe that's what we need as individuals. We need a movement of God today in our homes. And my desire is that this month and these messages and this focus, the men's lunch, all of it together, that it would make a lasting impact in our homes. I'm going to ask today as we begin, if you would stand with me for a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we're thankful for you. We just come and we set our eyes upon you. We set our eyes upon Christ, our, our revelation of God to us. And we come and we exalt him as our Savior and as our King and as our hope and the, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And today we put our eyes upon Christ. I pray today that you would speak to us. I pray that as we go through this emphasis, through this focus, that you would teach us in your word and your truth the plan for a Christian home, that it would, that it would impact us, that, that we would see the fruit of that. And I pray again that you would move. We, we come today and I am thankful for this body of Christ that you have assembled. I pray that we have been wise and we have honored you today and that you're glorified through your people today. I pray now again that you would speak, that it would be your message, that it would be clear. We come today and ask in the influence of your church, in the influence of your people, in the, in the preaching of your word, in the drawing of your spirit, that if any person does not have the hope in, that we have in Jesus Christ, that today might be the day of their salvation. We come, we trust this to you, we turn this service over to you. We just ask that you would move, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you remember so far this month, we've looked at three aspects of a Christian family, what God has planned for a Christian family. If you remember, first we looked at the family decided for God. The family decided for God. And the truth was that the starting place is to decide our home, my home, my family, we will exist for God's purpose, and that's the purpose that we're gonna serve in our family, that, that my family, my home, that we're gonna exist for God's glory. And amidst all of the distraction today, amidst all of the competing priorities today, amidst of all the world's noise, uh, the, the, the point was that we would just simply decide and honestly decide, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, today, that is still the starting place. And my prayer is that maybe through this emphasis and maybe across these weeks and maybe in this service today that, that a whole bunch of us would make that decision and we would say, you know what, my family, our home, we exist for God and for his glory. Second thing we looked at was the family dedicated to God. The family dedicated to God. That not only do we have to decide for God, we have to dedicate, or, or as we looked at that word, we have to give over our families to 
God, which means to say that we get to the point in our life that we say, God, this home, my spouse, my kids, they came from you, and because they came from you, I submit them back to you. I give them over to you. And then having done that, having given them over to him, we then let him set the course. We let him set the priorities that will serve as a family. We then give them over to him and we dedicate them to him. Today, maybe we have decided for God and there's a whole lot of people that profess that. Maybe we say, you know, that's the best thing and, and I understand that would be what God would want for our family. But even professing that, many of us are still chasing the world's priorities for our home and we're still operating according to our desires for our home and we're still operating by the culture's definition of success in our family. Well, I wanna tell you the second part, having decided for God, we must then submit and give over our families to God. Then last week, we looked at the family directed by God, the family directed by God. And we saw last week, it's not enough to commit our families to God. It's not enough to give over our families to God if we do not follow his direction for our families. It doesn't matter if we will not follow his direction for our families. And very simply from last week, we must obey and we must walk in his directing. Last week, we took the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, and we saw that as Christians, we should let it lead us and let it guide us and let it instruct us in God's direction for our families. And when you take that verse, a very well-known verse, and you apply it to the context of the home, of the family, we saw that family units are to point to Christ. Family units are to model obedience to Christ, families, we're, we're to promote and we're to teach and we're to train the truth of Jesus Christ that people would be saved, that our families would be saved and that the process would start over again. Let me just tell you this this morning. No matter what comes out of your home, and, and it could be tremendous. Your kids could go on and, and they could have stellar careers and they could marry all the right people and they could have all the great stuff that you never had and all the dreams that you had for them. Whatever comes out of your home, I can tell you today, if your kids miss Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you will count it as a failed effort. And last week, the truth was that the primary and, and most influential method of discipleship is the home. And I believe that's God's plan. And I truly believe that. The, the best and most effective means of reproducing disciples is the Christian home. And that brings us to this week. Notice how each week has stacked on the previous Week. Well, the question for this week, the issue for this week is, then where does the church fit in? If the primary means of discipleship is to be the home, what role does the church play in that? Where does the church fit in that? And that's what we're going to see in our study today. As I was preparing for today, I thought how interesting it was, how interesting it is, 
that God's work in the Old Testament includes the creation of and the institution of the family. Very quickly in his, in his creation activity, God institutes the family. There is the husband and there is the wife. And then shortly after that, there are the children. God creates the family unit. And then I thought it was very interesting how in the New Testament, he then reaffirms the family unit. Matthew chapter 19, you can read that, some other places as well. He reaffirms the family unit, but now in the New Testament, he institutes and he creates the church. Both of those are God's creation. Both of those are God's institution, and both are to exist according to his plan and for his glory. Very simply, by his design, both of those, the family and the church, serve his purpose. And that brings us to today's truth, and that is this. Listen very carefully. Today's truth. The best position, the best situation for your family's growth as disciples of Jesus and your commission to make other disciples is to be fully involved in a local, Bible-driven, gospel-focused, God-led church. Now, that's a lot of words. Hear that again. The best position, the best situation for your family's growth as disciples of Jesus and your commission to make other disciples is to be fully, and I'll just go ahead and say, I mean radically, crazily involved in a local, Bible-driven, gospel-focused, God-led church. Today, there's two ideas that go around, and I'll just tell you, both of them are wrong. One of them says, our church will handle all of the religious stuff. And that's a mindset. And I want to tell you, it's a, it's a popular mindset. And, and people say, you know what? Our church will take care of everything religious and we'll take care of everything else. And when we have a religious need, then we'll turn to the church. When one of our kids needs to get saved, we'll, we'll turn to the church. Or, or if we have a crisis, we'll turn to the church. Or, or if we need to know something religious, we'll turn to the church. And, and that view neglects the discipleship role of the family. You know what? Those things are to be trained in the family. It is a wrong view. The other view today says, well, we really don't need the church. And that's a popular thing as well. That's a growing thing as well. There's, there's people today saying, you know what? We're doing pretty well. And, and we're very busy with our kids and our kids have got so much to do and we're busy and, and perhaps on special occasions we'll participate in the life of the church. But really we do not need the church. And that view is wrong as well. Both institutions, the family and the church, are vital to God's plan for our lives. And so hear that again. The best position for your family to grow as disciples of Jesus and your commission to make other disciples is to be fully involved in a local, Bible-driven, gospel-focused, God-led church. The two things go hand in hand. Today, let me show you what your family has in such a church. Let me show you what is provided to you in such a church. A lot of times, well, I don't know the value of a church. 
Well, we can't really see the value of the church. Well, I want to tell you, when you find such a church, this is what that church provides for you. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you right up front, be sure and realize today, not all churches, in fact, I'll just stick my neck out and say today, most churches are not those type of churches. And just because they call themselves a church, just because somewhere they ordered and they stuck up a steeple somewhere, does not mean that they are a New Testament-driven, God-honoring church. Again, many are not. But if you have such a church, if you're blessed to find such a church, this is what that church provides to you. Here we go. The first thing that type of church provides to your family is a people to encourage. A people to encourage. First John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk, and this is talking to Christians, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. As Christians, when we're walking in the light, as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, do not forsake to get the gathering together and the assembling together as is the practice of some. But then it says this, but encouraging one another all the more, even as you see the day drawing near. Hear me today, listen to me. In a properly functioning church, you will find a family. You will find people that will encourage you and you'll find people that will stand with you and you'll find people that will love you and you'll find people that'll pray with you. Sometimes you'll find people that'll have to correct you, but together they're gonna walk with you on your Christian walk. That's what the church does. Now be sure today, if you endeavor to serve Christ in this world, as you pass through the hardships of this world, as you experience the hardships of life, that's a big deal today. That's a, that's a huge thing today. I meet people and they say, well, I don't need the church. Whatever their reason is, most of the time they're mad at something. But they say, you know what, I don't, I don't need the church. I, I don't need organized religion. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in that position. I don't need the church. Well, I don't tell you something, brother, they're a lot tougher than me. This past January, my dad had been very sick. Let me tell you, I wouldn't want to walk through that without my church. This past January, he passed away, and my church cared for me. My church sent me cards, and they brought food over, and all the, the musicians showed up, and they sang in his service. And I want to tell you, I would not want to walk through that without my church family. You can go around the room and, and you can probably hear the same thing. Maybe it'll be different situations, but I want to tell you today, your family is part of the church family. And when your family's part of the church family, in the church family, they find a people that will encourage them, that will walk with them on their Christian walk. Praise God. Second thing, to your family, the church provides a point of obedience. To your family, the church provides a point of obedience. Now, maybe you've never thought about this. Maybe you've never seen this. Follow with me. Remember last week, we saw that the Christian home is to model and to, is to exhibit obedience to Christ. Well, did you know commitment to the church is a command? 
It's not some wishful thought. It is a command. There's a lot of verses we can look at, but, but Hebrews chapter 10 for one of them says, do not forsake the assembling together as is the practice of some. It is a command and you be sure today your family is watching to see if you're gonna obey that command or not. Well, it doesn't matter. No, your family's watching to see if you're gonna obey that command. Jesus says in John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. Hear this today. Listen to this. If you're not consistently, actively participating in the life of your church, you are hurting the spiritual growth of your family. And if you're not consistently, actively participating in the life of your church, you're setting an example that if followed, forever will hinder their Christian walk. It is a big deal. Now, I'm going to say this this morning. I'm going to try to say it as nice as I can. I'm going to try to say it with a smile on my face. I'm going to try. Somewhere we've gotten the idea today that the church should make you feel good about a half-hearted commitment to the church. And you know what, if you'll just come a little bit and if you'll just participate a little bit and if you'll, you'll show up on these special events, we'll, we'll give you a high five and we'll smile and we'll make you feel good about a half-hearted commitment to the church. Listen, it's actual, actually biblical doctrine. It is God's standard. It is his direction. But let me tell you, and I can smile on this, let me tell you the good news of it is this, God will bless it. God will use it in your family. God will use it for your kids and he'll use it in your marriage relationship. God will bless it. It's not a punishment to you. It's not some drudgery to you. God will bless your active commitment to his church. He blesses obedience. Third thing, the church provides your family a people to encourage. The church provides your family a point of obedience. Third thing, the church provides your family a place of service. A place of service. According to the Bible, God places each believer in the body of Christ as he chooses. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says exactly that. Uh, each member is placed in the body. Each member serves a role. Each member is gifted and called for service in the body of Christ. I'm gonna tell you something. If you're a member of this church, you have a position in this church. You have a role in this church. You've been gifted for service in this church. Very simply, God through the church, listen to this, he gives your family a place to serve. You serve the cause of Christ through the local church. God, through your church, gives your family a place to serve. Then we, as our families, we come and we serve that church. And we serve the cause of Christ through that church. And we exhibit the love of Christ in that church. And then here is what your family learns in that service. As Christians, as disciples, now listen to this, by serving in the church, your family is learning. We're not independent from the church, but rather as Christians, we are the church. When your Christian family serves in the church, they realize they have a place in the church. They realize they're needed in the church. They realize they have a duty, a commitment to the local church. And in the church, your family has a place to serve. Last one today. 
in the church, your family has a people to encourage, your family has a point of obedience, your family has a place to serve. Last one today, in the church, your family has a proponent of the truth. A proponent of the truth. Now listen, this is a big deal, especially today. It's a big deal, follow with me. The church, for your family, properly operating, listen to this, guards and protects and proclaims correct biblical doctrine. Hear that again, that's a big deal. For your family, the church that is properly operating guards and protects and proclaims correct biblical doctrine. Very practically, it looks like this. Today you look around, and my gosh, look around today, Every goofy thing, every distorted thing, every corrupt and harmful thing is taught as biblical truth today. Somebody can say almost anything and they can claim it's from the Bible. They can claim it's inspired from the Bible and it's promoted and taught as biblical truth today. And people today are absolutely eating it up. Paul warned us about this. Peter warned us about this. Jesus warned us that false teachers and false teachings, they're gonna, they're gonna spring up and they're gonna consume us. And Paul said, you know what? It's gonna sound good and it's gonna sound plausible. And you know what? It's gonna be close enough to the truth. And you know what? People are gonna love it and they're gonna be led astray. Well, God in his grace places us, places our families in a church. And we as the church led by the spirit of God and studying the word of God, we align ourselves with like-minded believers. Philippians chapter two verse two says that. And then God in his grace in that church gives that church a shepherd, gives that church a pastor who is charged with being diligent like a workman, the Bible says, to accurately handle, to accurately divide the word of God, the, the word of truth. Second Timothy chapter two says that. And then, and then those, understand those words are written to the pastor and he's gonna answer for that. And he is charged with proclaiming the biblical truth in the church. That's God's plan. And then God continues on and in his grace, he gives us and he gives us with teachers. And those teachers are held also to a higher standard. And together, the church blesses us and they bless your family by standing on the biblical truth. Today there's a cry that goes out and it says we're all the same. We're all the same. It's all the same. There's a cry that goes out and says it's close enough. There's a cry that goes out and I hear it all the time. Won't we focus on what we have in common instead of what we have that divides us? I want to tell you, friend, the truth is this. The church is charged with the fact of saying, you know what? If it's not absolutely biblically correct, then it's totally incorrect. That's the role of the church. People say, well, we're all the same. I want to tell you something. If your church teaches something additional about salvation, whether it's baptism for salvation or infant baptism or something else, it's wrong and they're wrong. I want to tell you, if your church teaches something that, that the Bible's not sufficient, that the Bible's not reliable, if your church says we need something else and it's an, another book that we're going to add to the Bible, if it's a new word and a fresh revelation from God, I want to tell you, it's wrong and they're wrong. 
And you understand, I could go on and on, but God blesses us and he blesses our families with churches who will stand on and who will defend the word of God. In the church, our families have a proponent of the truth and that's God's plan. I'll just go ahead and say it if you want, but I'll just say it. Praise God for that. I don't want Sarah Joe and Kale and Will to grow up and, and to have to sort through all that garbage and all that nonsense. I want them to know, thus saith the Lord, and he said it in his word. Praise God for his gift of the church. We live in the end times. Look around, we're living in the end times. Time is growing short. Time today is urgent. You look around today, today Satan, he's working full time and he's working overtime and the world has, has bought an end to his plan and you look around today, there is a full out attack on two things today and you look, there is an attack on the word of God and it is derided and it is mocked. There's an attack on the word of God and in our culture today, there is an attack on the family. Those two things, there's an attack on the word of God and there's an attack on the family as God has, has planned it. And it's a violent attack, it's a malicious attack and I wanna tell you, according to Satan's plan, it is a strategic attack. I'll be honest with you. What you carry out of this month, what you apply to your family from this month rests with you. And I pray, man, I've been praying that this would have a great impact. And, and I pray that God would, would move in our homes and that we would see a movement of God not somewhere else but in the homes here out of Calvary Baptist Church. And it would impact our city and it would impact others and the, the gospel would go out. But I've been praying for a movement of God in our homes. But you know what? I can't do it for you. What's gonna come out of this month is gonna rest with you. However, what we carry out of this month as a church, as the pastor, I get to say so in that. And let me just go ahead and tell you today, and you mark it down, you, you can write it down, you can take it to the bank. You listen to me today as the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church, there will be no people more committed to the word of God and the biblical design for their family as their will at Calvary Baptist Church. Let's pray. Dear me, Father, we come. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that your plan still stands. And though we've gone so far away from it, many of us in our homes, many of it in our lives, but it still stands. It still is a blessing to us. And it, it still will promote a, 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 a culture of discipleship that we would raise disciples that, that we would produce kids that, that know the truth of God's word that have a, a, a relationship with Christ that we would produce other disciples that we in turn would go out and we would serve in our church and you would find disciples laced up and ready to go in the church and the, the church would then make an impact and it would impact our local world and it would impact the, the world around us the kingdom of God would be blessed and would, would grow in the, the, the truth and the knowledge of Christ that, that folks would find Christ. Thankful that your plan still stands. I pray that as we conclude this month that you've spoken to us, that you've convicted us, that you've taught us, and I pray that we wouldn't be able to go back to a different plan, move in our homes. 
I pray for Calvary Baptist Church. I pray that we would stand unapologetically, unashamedly upon God's word that we would stand for the design that you've given our families, that we would encourage that, that we would teach that, that we would train that, that you'd bless that. Help us in that. We come today and we lay all this at your feet. I tell you today, I love you, and I praise you, and I worship you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.